because <laughs> he's too intense and creepy and makes me feel weird. May I help you? I like your home. Nicest on the block. Thanks. In the neighborhood, the big trees, grass, birds. Wish I'd grown up somewhere excessively normal like this. I'm sorry. What is it you want? Yes, I've always been bad at small talk. I'm used to just saying things and they happen. <laughs> Spoils you. Well, what a burden. <laughs> you have no idea. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Style Guide Podcast with your hosts, Dave Morris and Stephen Orr. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm wonderful, Steve-O. I feel super. Oh, I get it because because we're doing a podcast on superheroes. Yeah, I did that there just for you. That's good. I like it. I'm a, I'm a fan of a, a good pun. <laughs> yeah, I know you are. So today we are doing uh, the Style Guide on Jessica Jones and Daredevil, the Marvel television series. Or as I like to think of it, Jessica Jones versus Daredevil, or for short, JJ versus DD. That's what I've been calling it in my head all week. I think I think in that fight, Daredevil loses every time. I think so too, but I don't know. Maybe not. Hmm. Hmm. Um, but yeah, we're talking about Daredevil versus Jessica Jones, which are two uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, although, is it Cinematic Universe or is it just Television Universe? Or is it even television is it just netflixian universe what do, you, what do we call it yeah now it's just this whole marvel property that's massive and the comics are starting to get in line with the with the cinematic stuff too so who knows it's it's just the marvel universe it's part of the marvel universe but it's a uh, particularly daredevil and jessica jones were two netflix original series partnership with marvel that both ran 12 episodes were they 12 episodes uh 13 good old lucky 13 episodes a number of episodes, yeah. And both came out uh, this year. So Daredevil was out earlier in the year, and then Jessica Jones came out uh, fairly recently, I think. Yeah, last couple of weeks. And so along the, those lines, if you have not seen, I mean, obviously Daredevil, but also Jessica Jones, and you plan on it, you might want to turn off the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Uh, or just, ex- just just listen to the podcast and then watch the show and see whether you agree with us then. <laughs> yeah, that's you know that's that's a good way to do it too. Yeah. So uh, JJ versus DD. Where do you uh, where do you want to start, Steve? Do you want to start with uh, Jessica Jones? Do you want to start with Daredevil? Do you want to start with our our our, our comparisons of the two? Where, where do you think is a good place to start? Well, I mean, I think that they started with Daredevil for a particular reason, and so I think uh, starting with Daredevil is uh, a good way to go. All right, start with the Daredevil. Uh, series, which we've talked about sort of on other podcasts. We've mentioned it in like our origin stories podcasts and, and stuff. And I've just been rewatching a lot of it and I still like it. Well, that that's good. The fact that it can hold up over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was funny rewatching it and realizing that, oh, it's, it's, it's not, it's not perfect, <laughs> but what is, you know? Uh, but when I first watched, it, I remember like my my impression of of uh, remembering what it was like when I first watched through it, I look back on it being like, oh my god, Daredevil was so good. But then now that I've been rewatching it, I'm like, oh, it's still good, but there are parts of it that are somewhat frustrating. Well, did you did you do a binge watch of Daredevil the first one? The I first, did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I did the same thing, and uh, it definitely it it stands up very well in my memory. Because I think of the binge watch, which I think hid the flaws a little bit. Yeah, because you see, you you see so enough of the good stuff that in one sitting that you're like, oh, that's a great show. 
and it covers up the the annoying parts. So like I mean, first of all, like Daredevil as a show, the the thing I loved about it when I first watched it was the look of it and the feel of it and the grittiness and the dark like sort of violence of it all. But the second watching through and realizing that like, oh yeah, I really did not like the what's her name? The blonde girl with weepy eyes that they save. Yeah. Um what's what's her name? Uh Karen. Karen. Yeah. She uh I feel like they they did a disservice to that character by making her like the the victim forever. Like she just always seemed like a victim. Even when she was being tough, she was like, nah, she still seems like weepy eyed, sad and scared victim. Yeah, it didn't it didn't feel that her character was a character. And and I would I think I would say the same thing about Foggy. Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, it it they're they they serve a role on the show and you can see exactly why you're th- they're there. But at the same time I didn't watching them wasn't watching characters. It was it was watching them for the purposes of the plot. Yeah, and like the Daredevil, the guy who played Daredevil, uh, uh, whatever his name is, Charlie Cox. Uh, Charlie Cox, that's right. He did a good job. I mean, I, I don't know if I would ever say like he was the greatest actor ever, but he did a good enough job that I really cared, like liked Daredevil. I cared about Matt Murdock. I believed him all, but Foggy and Weepy Girl just felt like caricatures, like like rough drafts of characters, like clearly the comic relief and clearly the the victim girl. Yeah, well, and I mean, I, I don't know how much that is is the actors themselves, because I think I really like the actor who plays Foggy. I think, you know, he, he seems charming and wonderful. It just didn't feel that he came across as the character that I think, or I think he acted a different character than there was there was written. I don't know. I just, yeah. I wasn't I don't know. fully hard, satisfied. Hard, yeah, hard to place. I mean, he he's he's a lot different than he was back in the Mighty Ducks days. I'm sorry, what? That's the actor from the Mighty Ducks. He played the bully, the big tough guy. Oh, now that I see it, I can't unsee it. Yeah, I know. He's all grown up now, but watching it, I'm like, it's so funny seeing him play like a nerd, even though when he was like a teenager, he played the tough guy. That's, wow. I know, it's hard to unsee it. I can't unsee it now, too. Maybe that's why I didn't like him in Daredevil. <laughs> well, I think part of the, the problem with... And and this is generally like you see DC's uh, superhero movies get critiqued for this. Superheroes aren't supposed to be dark and brooding. You know, they're supposed to be kind of fun and um, they're lighthearted and that sort of stuff. And and so you know, like Batman, Christian Bale's Batman. What you know for for the people who don't like it, they hate it because you know, dark brooding Batman gets rid of the awesome, cool versions of Batman who was a lot of fun. And and I think that that Matt Murdock I think suffers a little bit from that as well where I mean, he's a superhero. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Why, why why is he not super excited that he's a superhero? Like why doesn't he have just this awesome time with it? Instead, it's this whole burden of responsibility that that always weighs on them. Mm-hmm. And in Jessica Jones, you get some of that, but she's got a very different experience. Like she's got a justification for her burden, at least I think. Yeah, I, I mean, he is blind; like he can't see the sunset. Sure, but that I mean, he <laughs> he he's blind in a way that allows him to see things except in color, and it allows him to you know be be an awesome superhero. Yeah, but he's still blind. Kind of. 
Like this <laughs> I is, know. This is the and thing about Daredevil. He's only he's he's colorblind. And his dad died. But lots of people's dad died. <laughs> I know. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to try and just to to quote to quote Jessica Jones. You're not ten anymore. You know, yeah. it's you know you yes, it's okay that you're you're still you know in in some ways influenced by the events of your past. But I I'm pretty tired of these superheroes that are just dark and brooding forever and there's no there's no room for kind of levity in the experience of it i hear you i didn't actually find his his superhero too dark and brooding it it wasn't too bad no as far as the spectrum of brooding goes he was like you know he he wasn't as far as uh as batman um he, he and he wasn't as light as iron man he was somewhere in the middle you know between the dark and broodingness well, and I think that's part of it, right? Like I look at Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr.'s take on it, and that's probably the 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 pinnacle of this kind of lighthearted. I mean, he he plays Iron Man kind of like Spider Man is played, right? Like just super yeah. super fun, and and so I I'm used to that, and I really enjoy that take on superheroes, and I have mm-hmm. a hard time when when it's nothing but you know trauma and disappointment and and this is the this is mine to bear nonsense yeah sure sure uh and i think part of that is is when you're making a television series you do need to have more of a brooding arc to your superhero because otherwise it's just too happy all the time and it's not that great but i didn't find him too brooding i i kind of enjoyed his broodiness and same with uh like so like the foggy and and uh karen characters were kind of meh. Uh, but the Daredevil character I liked, Wilson Fisk, I mean, the Kingpin, was fantastic. And even in rewatching, I still really like that character. And I love the choices they made with it. Absolutely. That that character is, I mean, he's the best character in the series, for sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, like I was slagging on Matt Murdock a bit, and, and I don't mean to so much, but Kingpin is excellently portrayed and and such a perfect character he yeah. he's believable he has his own arc and he's a lot of fun to watch yeah and i love the 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 sort of like romantic emotional side of his character mixed in with this like vicious destroying character like who was it i, I don't remember where i saw this someone said that the show should have been called kingpin because because that was what was that that was the more compelling arc of the the series, uh, and in this rewatching, I really loved all the all the scenes with Mac Murdock and the nurse was great. That character was wonderful, and that whole little story of him making friends with this nurse, and I loved the story of Kingpin and fought anytime I was watching his arc, but then anytime it was Foggy and Karen getting drunk on the town, I was like, Ugh. and I just wanted to fast forward through those parts. <laughs> well, and and I think I, I think for me watching those scenes was a struggle because I'm just like, you guys, that's what you just get drunk a lot. You you get drunk and you whine, and your best friend's a superhero. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it it sounds like we hate Daredevil right now, but we don't, right? We actually really like. It. I really I I love Daredevil. I, yeah, we just pick we just started with the nitpicky things that we didn't like. But as far as the series goes, like man, when I first watched it, I, I didn't want to stop. I just kept watching it. Well, and I mean, we've we've criticized Marvel before for I mean, everyone's criticized Marvel before for their terrible villains. And they like they can't do good villains in their cinematic universe. 
it in the origin stories it's just the the same powers as the hero but evil but mm-hmm. even then like ultron wasn't a particularly compelling uh villain for the avengers mm-hmm. um i can't even remember who the villain was in the first avengers movie loki right and thor but evil yeah, yeah and it just it didn't didn't really work and so for for a long time i was just convinced marvel didn't know how to do villains and then this comes along and they show probably the best villain i mean definitely the best comic villain that we've seen in a very long time yeah and of course and it's the kingpin and like i have no real like love of the daredevil comics i know the character i've seen like some some old comics of it i've watched the ben affleck movie i know the story of the daredevil and Kingpin was like never really my favorite villain. I just thought he was just kind of boring. You know, he's like a Lex Luthor. But Kingpin in the comic or in the 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 Netflix show, they made him amazing. Absolutely, Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um yeah. Wow. All right, now let's contrast Daredevil with Jessica Jones for a second here. What was your experience like watching Jessica Jones the first time? So Jessica Jones, similar experience, sat down and binged it all uh, in the weekend it was released, I think. Yeah, I think I watched it in like two or three days as well. Yeah, and I mean, I have to say, uh, I mean, Netflix is good at doing this, but I think there's something particular about Marvel in in these series, how they've made these really digestible very well. Um, And they're, they're able to tell a single story and a whole season story at the same time. So mm-hmm. you're always satisfied, but you're never fully satisfied. Mm-hmm. And so you want to watch the next episode. And and I, that was my experience with Daredevil. And I I was curious whether they'd be able to bring that same sort of style to Jessica Jones, which was going to be a different kind of show anyway. And I was impressed. I Yeah. And, they, you know, it's like I think they, they, the binge watching mentality they've taken into account when making the shows like because – I mean, I, I feel like I remember TV shows used to be like every time you tune in, it would like like time would have passed uh, often, uh, except for cliffhanger episodes. But they were rare enough that we have a special name for them. Right. But now I think with Jessica Jones, like doesn't the whole story take place in a matter of weeks? Yeah, it's a very small time frame. And same with Daredevil. It's like a pretty small time frame because it's just like because people are just going to watch them straight through. So let's just all make it, you know, in one or two weeks. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it takes what was what twenty four the TV series thought they were doing with television, and and just takes it to its to a re- a realistic place <laughs> yeah. for it for a TV series because they they take it from a gimmick and turn it into a useful tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I remember the old Lois and Clark: The Adventures of Superman with Dean Cain mm-hmm. series, and I love the series, but. It's not meant for binge watching. Like each episode is just this completely independent thing. There yeah. is a mild story over it all, but it's not meant for anything but weekly consumption. I had a similar experience watching Battlestar Galactica because I binge watched that the first time. Yeah. And it was the same thing of like this was not meant for binge watching. This was meant for weekly consumption because every episode just felt too intense and so much the same. And it's like you needed a week between to kind of like, ah. <sighs> take a breath, and then get back into it, you know? Uh, whereas with Daredevil and Jessica Jones, uh, you just want to watch them straight through. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones. My first, in, in my first uh, sort of observation on it is that 
I did not like it as much as Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I, I don't know if I can put my finger on the one reason why, but there's lots of little reasons why. Uh, and I think the first one was the Jessica Jones superhero character. She was the other side of brooding. That uh, that was too brooding for me. Right. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Is, is that is that an unfair statement? Uh, I, I, I think you're right. I think that that's a fair assessment of her. I think the difference that I would point to and that I enjoyed was that her brooding wasn't, oh, because I'm a superhero. I mean, she was somebody who was basically suffering PTSD. Yes, you know? yeah. And so... For, for a superhero story to kind of take that role, I liked. I liked them to explore the human element of her being a superhero and having gone through this incredibly traumatic experience. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I enjoyed that that was the choice they made. I just felt like uh, she was just so rude to everybody all of the time that I was like, I was just like, this is, she's just taking it on everyone around her so blatantly. Uh, and everyone just kind of like, put up with it i guess like i don't know it was weird it just felt she was just too acerbic too biting too too uh, aggressively outwardly angry i i i think i think i can i can see see that same sort of thing and it didn't bother me as much in this and part of me is curious as to see what happens in another season of this and whether they they maintain that character in the same place or whether she's going to get to grow because she's moved beyond the experience that traumatized her. Yeah, and, and that, would, that would be nice to see. I mean, I, I, it sounds like I didn't like it, but I actually, I did really enjoy the series. I mean, I should say that. <laughs> I enjoyed both series. I just, I think I enjoyed Daredevil more because I found Jessica Jones a little too, too, uh, too, too grumpy. Well, and I mean, the thing for me is that the world that she was in was a world where I found it believable, where I, I found her characters basically total self-loathing and loathing of the world. It I bought it because of everything that was around her, and so it didn't bother me as much, but I can, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, what other thoughts do you have from the show? First, first watch through. Well, um, it was fun having them set up uh, Luke Cage, in this, yeah, because he's spinning off into his own show, I think, in the new year. He is, although the it looks like they're gonna set him up as another uh, brooding, kind of dark superhero, mm-hmm. in the same way that Daredevil and Jessica Jones are, right? Mm-hmm. And and so for me, uh, I I wonder if that's just that's now the routine because yeah, it, it doesn't feel like they're gonna be able to to break it with Luke Cage because he he does seem like a pretty traumatized, damaged guy. Yeah, his wife died, and the girl that he kind of liked ended up lying to him a bunch, and she's the one that killed his wife. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah he's going to be brooding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to be brooding and messed up. So, but, but it was nice to see him introduced, and, and I have to say the supporting cast in this one, would I say all of it? I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd say I like the entire supporting cast. Yeah, uh, like as in better than Daredevil's supporting cast? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, Foggy and Karen were kind of like, right. Uh, whereas in this one, her best friend, what was her best friend's name again? Uh, Patsy she, was Patsy, the... yeah. She turns out to be a superhero in her own right, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Tiger Cat or something like that. So Hellcat, I think, maybe. Hellcat, yeah, something like that. But she was great. And uh, Trinity from The Matrix. 
was uh, what's her name? Carrie Ann Moss. <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss uh, was great as that sort of like tough, high powered attorney in like a love triangle kind of thing. Well, and I didn't. So at the beginning of the series, when we first get introduced to her and we just have the scene of her making out with her secretary, yeah. like that's maybe our first introduction to her in the, the series in the first episode. Yeah. I was so angry. Like I'm just sitting there going, not only is this just gratuitous and, and women as sex objects, but it's stupid. It doesn't serve the plot in any way. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden it, like the entire plot actually ends up revolving around that relationship very quickly. That, and so, that love triangle thing. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, they, they made me, made me less angry very quickly. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is I was watching the show and as soon as that character was introduced and again, like same with daredevil, Jessica Jones, I don't know much about the comics or the rest of the, the story of Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. So I, I had no expectations. As soon as I met the Trinity character, I was like, I think this character was supposed to be a man and they changed it for the episode. Like they changed it for the series. Hmm. Uh, that was my feeling. And when I looked into it, I was totally right. It was it was originally a male character in the comic books uh, and was the lawyer of the defenders or whatever the group is called. Okay. But it was just, I don't, and, and you know, and it, it was funny because like the, the sort of storyline that that character fulfilled, if it was a man, that character would have been much more reviled. You know, like I would have hated him more, but because they made it Carrie Ann Moss from the Matrix, is that her name? Yep. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss from the Matrix. I kind of had, had more sympathy for the character huh. caught in this triangle. And I don't know if that was their intentional choice of changing it to a female character or if they wanted to embrace the sort of Jessica Jones as this female counterpart to, to the Daredevil show they did and make it more focused on females. I wasn't, I'm not sure what their intention was, but that was an interesting side effect I noticed in myself when watching it. It's funny because I had almost the exact opposite reaction where, you, I mean, I, I wasn't sympathetic towards her and I just thought that they were building her up to be the, a villain. Oh, I thought that they were that they were basically putting everything in motion for her to be a villain next season. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And and I kept saying that through throughout watching it. I'm like, oh, man, this is totally, you know, I can see where they're going with this. And I'm so glad that I was proven wrong and and that that's clearly not where they're going with her. But yeah. I wasn't sympathetic. I I was I was waiting for them to just have <laughs> her do the turn towards evil. Mm. And she does. She turns towards evil throughout the series, and and yeah. uh, but then does redeem herself in the end. I think. Yeah, she's an opportunist, really. But yeah, she was. Um, if it was Carrie Ann Moss, I like her. She's Trinity. She's a hero. I can't not see her as a hero. You know. So I think that 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 affected my my viewing of the show too. Um, so she was a wonderful character, very well played. Uh, I thought the um, uh, the the drug addict neighbor was was. Great. I thought his transformation from drug addict to not drug addict was a little quick, but that's okay. I can let that go. It was instantaneous <laughs> and overnight. A little quick, but I'm going to let it go. Yeah, it go. he was Kilgrave, so it's fine. Yeah, he I was guess. quote unquote Kilgrave. Yeah, and so I thought his character was fine. I thought I thought the, the, the blonde victim who got pregnant by Kilgrave and uh, the, the, like, uh, the runner, what was her name? Oh, Hope. Hope, Hope Schlotman. I thought Hope was very well played, very well cast. I thought it was fantastic. So overall, I thought the cast was great in this show. The only thing that I'll say, and I mean, I didn't like Will Simpson, the cop. 
Yeah, he was a little. Uh, and he's mm. supposed to be like, like he's supposed to be kind of off. Yeah. And and I think that they played him as kind of off from the beginning, and it just, I don't know, it it I didn't particularly like it, but it wasn't so abrasive that I was turned off. I started to like him more the more crazy he got. Yeah. You know, at, the, at the beginning, I was like, oh, this dumb cop is a character. I thought he was just a throwaway guy. Uh, but then when he started becoming like extra crazy and a little more aggressive and like started turning into a villain, I was like, oh, cool. And I think he is a villain, right? Yeah, uh, he is. Yeah. In the comic book world. Um, and once he started turning into a villain, I was like, OK, yeah, I, I, I like him as a villain because <laughs> he's too intense and creepy and makes me feel weird. Well, and, and that's the thing, like his his character works really well when put in contrast with uh, Kilgrave. Yeah, which we haven't talked about yet, but Kilgrave, so good. D- David Tennant really, I mean, as much as I loved Kingpin, I, I went into this going, okay, so there's no way that I'm going to like this villain as much as I, I liked Kin- Kingpin. It's fine, whatever. I'm just going to watch this series and, and see how I feel. It turned out I really, I loved his, his character. Yeah, uh, and you know, I'm going to say I liked his character a lot. And he was probably one of my, I think he was my favorite character in the whole show. But I think I still like Kingpin better. <laughs> I don't think he took Kingpin from me. And my rewatch of Daredevil this week I'm, I, has confirmed that. That uh, David Tennant, as great as he was, I thought the Kingpin in Daredevil was a, was was even better. Well, and and I think, I mean, Kingpin is is more likable because he's not... He he's a villain, but he's not a bad guy. Well, and and the Kingpin didn't have any crazy superpowers, you know, or overpowered superpowers. Yeah, he's just a big guy. He's just a big guy with who's kind of strong, wears an invincible suit, and has a lot of money. Yeah. And so it was. Uh, he's a, a, he's an overweight Batman. He's an overweight Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he is. <laughs> Whereas the Kilgrave having the like incredible powerful superpower was fine, but it it there's something about the character. I, I felt like there was a lack of, even though they got into the backstory of like how his parents made him, blah blah blah. There was a back a lack of depth to that character and a lack of uh, of I guess sympathy. I had no sympathy for the bad guy. You know the great quote that your your heroes should be flawed and your villains should be redeemable. Yeah. I don't think he was redeemable in the same way that Kingpin was redeemable. Whereas part of the time I was watching Daredevil, I was on the Kingpin side. Yeah. Whereas I never felt like I was on Kilgrave's side because he was so clearly doing things that were just unbelievably terrible. Even the moment where he kind of turns and she makes him do the hero thing, it never feels sincere. Like he just feels like he's doing it because he thinks she wants him to do that. Uh, it never, never made me at any moment feel like, oh, oh, I hope he wins. Yeah, and and that's deliberate. I don't I don't think that there's actually a point in the series where they're where they're trying to make you feel sympathetic for Kilgrave. When he even when he's doing his hero thing, you're right. He's doing it for Jessica and because, you know, it gets him kind of high. It's this kind of kind of he he's never done it before and he's clearly somebody who just likes experiences and yeah. and so he's doing it for that reason. Yeah, using his powers just to do something different for fun. Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, I never felt sympathy for him. Uh, that's not to say he wasn't played wonderfully by David Tennant and such a cool bad guy. It just uh, when you when you compare the two, I think I think that's totally a fair comparison to say that that 
Kingpin is the better the better take on the character because he's yeah. he's more well he's more likable in he has qualities that that you 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 could see him using his powers for good yeah and it is uh and it is that like no uh no bad guy's a bad guy they're just a, a someone that's misunderstood you know or like uh like how do you play an evil troll you don't you play a sad troll because every troll has his reasons right Kingpin has his reasons for doing everything he's doing, whereas Kilgrave is just doing it, you know, because like his parents were bad to him or something like. Well, it, yeah. it's like it, it, he wasn't doing what he was doing to like accomplish anything or doing. He didn't think he was doing good. No. You know, uh, whereas the Kingpin did. And I think that's what made his character a little more complex and, and to me more enjoyable. Yeah, well, I mean, they definitely wrote Kilgrave as, I mean, not to, to mince words, a rapist, right? Basically. Uh, yeah. who, who is unsympathetic. Yeah, and he hates that word. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Might have been one of my favorite moments in the series. But they, they did such a good job making him basically hateable. You know, and and he and you you like watching him because David Tennant does a great job with him, but he's not meant to be likable at any point. And you are supposed to, in every scene he's in, feel uncomfortable. And they did a good yeah, job a, of that. That's a good way to put it. Is that is that uh, you like watching him because the actor's so good and he does such a great job playing him, but you don't like watching him because you enjoy what the character's doing ever. No. No, whereas it's so much fun to watch uh, Wilson Fisk go painting shopping. Yeah, yeah. Or just like be uh, at dinner with the woman he loves. Hey, we got that scene with Kilgrave. Awkwardly. Awkwardly, yeah. All right, let's just jump into comparing these two. Okay. Because there's some things that that I think, uh, talking about each show individually, we can do, definitely. And I think we would come up with great things. But I think putting them side by side actually brings out some things that I would not have necessarily brought up on their own. Okay. The one thing that I'd like to, I want to start with is, is just the visual aesthetic of the shows uh, when put side by side. Because this is where, to me, Daredevil was much a much better show than Jessica Jones was in the visual look of it. Daredevil looked amazing. And they spent a lot of time on the visual aesthetic of how it should look. And I think it comes out of the fact that Daredevil's character is blind. Mm-hmm. So from that, they draw these themes of light and darkness and stuff like that. And the whole theme of like the devil and, and he the devil of Hell's Kitchen, you know. So there's like this god and devil theme and this light and dark theme. And so they play a lot with shadow and darkness and... and uh, and then also the fact that he can't see, so they do sound. So there's like the soundscape is beautiful, and they're they're always trying to show you where the sounds are coming from and what he's hearing to give us an idea of what he's seeing. And all of that works so well in Daredevil. And I felt like in Jessica Jones, I didn't feel there was a visual aesthetic that was like unique to Jessica Jones, other than it was a little grittier than normal superhero shows. Well, I think so. I I picked up on pretty quickly that it wasn't uh, it wasn't certainly wasn't as uh, pretty, well shot, or or well crafted as as Daredevil. I think I think you're right. Part of that I think has to do with the different setting. So you know, Hell's Kitchen versus not Hell's Kitchen. I'm not I think, even. I think they were still in Hell's Kitchen and Jessica Jones. Were they? 
I think so, yeah. Or they were at least they're definitely in New York, but yeah, I, I, I thought they were also in Hell's Kitchen. I, I, it's hard to say because they didn't inter, they didn't have any sort of interaction, but it was definitely like the the whole point of Daredevil is supposed to be kind of this grittier, poorer neighborhood, and Jessica Jones spends so much more time in upscale or or more more upscale New York. Lots of different places. Yeah. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they I think what they were trying to do, and I think if you watch Jessica Jones uh, with this in mind, you see a lot of the shots, uh, they're particularly crafted it, in, in that they're trying to make you uneasy is the best way that I can think of to describe it. A lot of the camera angles are just off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and they're the the distance between the camera and the actors or the things that are between like or or the cameras tilted just in a weird way it i mean i think it's subtle but i think that they were they were definitely having this sort of uneasy being watched feel at least in the early episodes it kind of fades away and starts to just become just a bland cinematography throughout but i think yeah. i think they were definitely going for something early on yeah, I see that too, and I think uh, I did pick up on a little bit of that with the whole idea of her taking photos of people. Yeah, and sort of like the sneaking around taking photos from from alleys and stuff was definitely in like the first episode or two, but it did slowly disappear, or I stopped noticing it. And I guess my my thing with with Daredevil versus JJ, uh, DD versus JJ, is that in Daredevil, no one needed to tell me that they were what they were doing with yeah. the cinematography and the look of it. I just and felt it and noticed it. Whereas with Jessica Jones, I'm sure there are things they were doing that were very clever. You know, like maybe making specific camera angles for specific characters to make me feel uneasy and yada yada. But I didn't pick up on any of that and it didn't affect my viewing of it. Like when I watched Daredevil, it definitely affected my viewing of it and in a better way. And I mean, the the other thing is that Daredevil had a few scenes that that really just stand out and pop for their for how they were shot and how they were filmed and and planned and Jessica Jones I can't think of anything that stands out as particularly from from the filmmaking perspective really stands out Yeah and of out. course you're talking about the last episode uh, the last scene of of episode 2 of Daredevil where he goes and has that hallway fight on his way to get the kid, and yeah. it's all done in one take, and it is unbelievable piece of cinematography that just blows my mind. Uh, and when I watched it again, I was like, watching this one scene, the cinematography in this scene is worth all of the cinematography in Jessica Jones. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good way yeah. to put it. Which isn't to say that there aren't some fantastic scenes in Dare to, uh, or in nope. JJ. I'm there are just talking about visual aesthetics and look and camera work and all of that because it was just. That scene still watching it is just amazing. Oh my gosh. Blows my mind. Blows my hair back. Well, and and I think that goes to the difference between their their superpowers. Like Matt Murdock's superpower is that he's a blind guy who can see. <laughs> Jessica Jones legitimately has superpowers. Yeah. So, I mean, she can't fly, but she can jump she can pretty high. Fly. She can she's she's super strong. She's maybe faster or not. And none of those I don't think there was a single instance where they filmed her showing off her powers, quote unquote, where I believed it, where I thought that that was that that was a good way of showing her powers. Mostly they were just clever ways of not showing her powers. Yeah. 
like when she'd jump the way that they would cut away or the way that they would show a different angle and it all just none of it felt like we were getting to see her cool powers in in action yeah i think that is a, a wonderful way to describe the difference is that daredevil they found clever ways to show his power and and jessica jones clever ways to not show her powers but i think that also just plays into I'm glad you brought up the powers because that was something I was thinking about too. Is that Daredevil? I never really thought of having superpowers. Uh, he clearly does. Like he has super yeah. hearing and super sense, smell, and and taste, and he can he can tell you when your heart's beating and stuff. So he clearly has superpowers. But what he also has is a work ethic and hell of a hard lot of hard work <laughs> went into making him <laughs> who he is. Right? Like, yeah, his superpowers made it so he can see. And maybe see better than other people and know things in the general like blocks away better than other people. But he still trains and fights every day, goes to the gym at night. And there's that great scene of him saying you can leave the light off, you know, when he goes to train at the gym. And he works so hard at that. And he also gets his ass handed to him so much. And he still gets back up even though he's been beat up. You know, and he's got like this, like, like a iron will, like never, like refuses to give up. He's one tough son of a bitch. Uh, and that he would have had whether or not he had his superpowers. Whereas Jessica Jones, I feel like she, she needed those superpowers. I think that Jessica Jones, in fact, without her superpowers, I mean, her, her superpowers and her work ethic and who she is like they're they're all tied up in this one sort of thing but like she very much it comes across as somebody who yeah she's super privileged <laughs> like yeah. she she is blessed to have yeah. these powers and because of that she doesn't really have to do very much hard work well i mean she does have uh like she's a detective you know and she's got great detective skills quote unquote in air quotes yeah but no but i would say like that is something that that she's learned you know and that she as a human has worked towards getting better at being a detective and learning to track people down and taking photos and all that sort of stuff but the show did not focus on that the show focused just kind of on the story and her just having superpowers whereas the daredevil show did focus a lot on the fact that like you know murdoch's no like murdoch's never they always get up yeah you know, and they they know how to take a beating. And so they focus a lot on the parts about him that aren't super. Whereas Jessica Jones doesn't focus enough on that. It focused too much on the parts of her that were super, which is to me a, a, a unfortunate, that something they missed. Like they could have focused more on how she was a detective and less about how she was a superhero. I think part of that has to do with the fact that she admits openly in the first episode that her detectiving is... Like, she's scraping the bottom of the barrel. She's not doing anything particularly difficult or inventive. Yeah, they downplay it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's, you know, she's catching people who are cheating on their spouses. It seems to be the extent of her work. And, like, she, she with her powers, it's not, that's not hard for her to do. She just, you know, follows yeah. them around and then takes them. Uh, which pictures. is so, again, so unfortunate. Like, if they would have focused more on the detective aspect of her character, I think it would have been a much better show. Because she did some great detective work. You know, and I love like, you know, the scenes where she would call and like pretend to be somebody else, like put on a fake voice or she'd Google the answer or, or hack the person's phone. Like she'd figure out things and it's like, oh, wow, she is a good detective. Uh, so why did they downplay it and make her seem like she's not a good detective and then not spend much of the show on her being a detective? Well, because they where Daredevil was meant to be a kind of crime procedural. This was meant to be a thriller. Oh, I guess like. 
they very clearly, and whether or not that's the entire series or just this season, they were going for a thriller story and and trying to tell one story that was a thriller instead of going through the kind of weekly procedural detective stuff that more or less you see in Daredevil. Yeah, he's trying to figure out who Wilson Fisk is, and she already knows who Kilgrave is. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in Daredevil, it's him trying to figure out the bad guy, and in Jessica Jones, it's her warning everyone about how terrible the bad guy is. So that's where the thriller is. Like, we already know what the evil is in Jessica Jones. We don't know what it is in Daredevil. Or the character doesn't. The, the, the hero doesn't. Yeah. Something else just I wanted to bring up was sort of the... And we, you kind of talked about it before with the wanting to not show her powers. Mm-hmm. But the action sequences in each show. And how Daredevil was very, like, cool hand-to-hand combat kind of ninjutsu stuff. Brute and brutal at times, like absolutely, yeah, brutal. very violent and bloody at times. Whereas Jessica Jones felt a little more comic booky, and kind of like she'd hit somebody and they would fly right through a wall and stuff. She didn't show ex like exceptional ninja prowess. It was more just she would punch a whole bunch of people because she was really tough. And that's something that actually worries me for Luke Cage as well, right? Because he's very similar in that he has the powers and doesn't really need much more yeah, and than they, they tried to i think they tried to make up for it with uh with patsy yep uh, with having her do some hand-to-hand combat stuff but they kind of i feel like they shied away from from committing to her and kind of made her into like a victim like she oh i got killgraved and then she kind of fell apart and i was like ah oh, you were gonna be so awesome badass tough <laughs> And I think that part of that was to kind of have a mirror to Jessica, right? Where we we understood that Jessica was traumatized, but we didn't like we hadn't seen kind of how that played out, and and neither had Patsy, I'm, her Trish. Trish is her name. Uh, neither had Trish. Like she had Trish was very much of this kind of you got to get over this. You kind of got to move on with your life, and so Trish getting killgraved and then kind of being traumatized by that experience. I think was meant to give us, um, yeah, w- was meant to be kind of an insight into Jessica. But it, you're right; it it was a missed opportunity to kind of. It took away the cool action stuff they were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, like, and turned it into more just like superhero punches, uh, and dodging and like bullet, like lots of guns being shot and not hitting anybody. And you're like, ugh, this is just sort of like classic superhero action. Whereas Daredevil's action sequences were just like pretty terrifying and awesome and gory and and uh not to say that that's the only way to make a good action sequence but it was just like really gritty and and uh exciting well the the difference i would say is between the early hulk movie and the hulk that we see in the avengers whereas in the avengers there's weight to the character when you're seeing him he feels like he is he is this big beast who has who who's under gravity and and everything is heavy and when he punches things it feels it feels like he's punching something as opposed to the early ones where it's it's kind of mock punching and everything kind of flies <laughs> yeah. away and it's and it's it's i i think what it comes down to is just poor production i think it, i i think that they the the production value on Jessica Jones and her superpowers was weak just really yeah because I, because if she if she's super strong, when she punches somebody, they're not going to go flying like mm. that. She's going to break bones. Yeah. 
And they didn't they didn't want to show that. They didn't. Yeah. I mean, I think the coolest stuff that was done in Jessica Jones as far as uh, quote unquote action is when Kilgrave is Kilgraving people. Yep. And he has control over them. That was the the cool visual stuff that they did. Uh, like the scene that comes to mind is the scene in the police station. Exactly. Where she comes out and there's all these cops holding guns at other cops and they're terrified. And, and it's just like he has all these people completely trapped and it's just absolutely terrifying or the, or the scene with people standing with nooses around their neck on the bar and he's like step forward and they all step forward like that kind of stuff is just like oof, ooh, that, that was the, that was the exciting tension building stuff well and compare that with the the final scene on the docks where he has all of the people out on the docks and he tells he he tells insists them, that they kill each other yeah and and watching that that doesn't look like people trying to kill each other it no. looks like extras trying to fake fight. Yeah. Whereas in in the other scenes, we have the tension of it and we never get the release. You know, we never, we the cop scenes, they don't all shoot each other. And so we, yeah. we never have to see it. But in the, in that last scene, it's, it's very much like superhero fighting. Like nothing, like if, if Kilgrave is as powerful as he is and, and you have to do exactly what he says, and he tells you kill each other. Wouldn't you imagine that some of those people would have been dead pretty quickly? Yeah, like they'd be ripping each other apart and stuff. Yeah, yeah. terrifying. Yeah, it would have. And I think they did take the action sequences and and make them a little more cartoony. But then the moments where it was about tension building and thrilling, uh, like moments, they did really well with Kilgrave. And that I think is why people liked Kilgrave so much in the show. And thought that he was such a great bad guy was because of those moments. And just like things like and the things that he would say, like, you know, if I'm not back in two hours, start taking each other's skin off. And you're like, whoa, that's great. But it didn't if it, it felt really out of place compared to some of the other combat scenes, you know, compared to Daredevil, where it was like the kingpin took a guy's head off with his car door. Yeah. Like that was just like terrifying. And then he'd be really nice to the love, the lovely lady. And you're like, this is, that's terrifyingly gross and disgusting. And oh, I got so many feelings right now. Uh, and Kilgrave had that too. But then the next scene, it would be like, oh, this just seems like a comic book story again. And, and that's the thing. It seems like the thrilling elements, which is, I think, the point of the show, they got right. And so their, their attempt to bring in the action elements is what they got wrong. So I think there's a lesson for the next season in that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, it sounds like we're beating up on these shows, but I actually enjoyed both of them very much. I did. I did. And yeah. and to bring up a comparison that isn't slagging one or the other, um, I think if Daredevil is about the importance of good parental figures, Jessica Jones is about how bad parental figures can really mess you up. <laughs> yeah, sure. Or Yeah, because she was an orphan and got taken in by uh, Trisha's mom. Yeah. Who is horrible. Yeah, who is it? <laughs> Well, that was the thing. Like some of the things that they had happen were so horrible, but it didn't quite—I didn't quite buy into the reality of it the way I did in Daredevil. Like when Kingpin takes the guy's head off with his door, it feels like he's taking a guy's head off with his door, and it's frightening as hell. When Trisha's mom is trying to make her like force throw up in the toilet, it didn't quite feel real. It felt like a comic booky version of that which took away from the intensity of it 
and kind of made that intense action seem a little like, like, whoa, come on, too far. Hmm. You know? Whereas in Daredevil, I was never like, whoa, too far. I was like, this is totally how terrible the world is. You know? Like, so, yeah, I don't know. My, my brain reconciling those in Jessica Jones was a little harder. Well, I think I think the violence, like, we're more accustomed to the idea of direct violence. Like, it's believable. Whereas we're not all accustomed to what it's like for a tween pop star, you know, and to be parented by a, a controlling mother while you're a tween pop star. Yeah, well, it was it was the scene that was the hard part when the mother was like taking the daughter's hand and trying to put it down her throat, you know, and it, yeah, and it wasn't acted that great. And it was just like, and it was too well lit, you know, like it didn't feel like that was uh, a, a sincere interpretation of that moment, uh, which took a, which took away from it and made me kind of react in a, in a bad way to the show. Like, Oh my God, why are they doing this? Instead of if they'd done it in a, maybe a more subtle way, um, yeah. then I would have been more disturbed by it, you know? Like the moments where Kilgrave tells someone to do something terrible and you're like, oh my goodness, he just told them to do that. And then we imagine them doing that and we feel terrified. Uh, those were great. But the moments where we'd actually see it happen, it was a little not not as great. Well, and I think the best example of what you're talking about is the difference between one of the first scenes we see with young Jessica, which, by the way, I didn't like the child actors, teen no. actors in this, but surprise, surprise. No. The One of the first scenes we see with her in the bathroom where mm -hmm. she's just trying to cope while Trisha's mom is yelling at her. Yes. That felt infinitely more real than the mom shoving her daughter's hand down her throat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean... Because we were seeing Jessica's experience and how uncomfortable that was for her, and it allowed us to imagine the mother. And the mother in that in, in my imaginary world, she can be a caricature. Because I'm mm -hmm. I'm the one imagining her. But once I see a caricature on screen, it takes me right out of the reality of it. Yeah. And her mother never ended up being anything more than just this stereotype. Yeah evil mom yeah 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 totally all right there's something else i want to talk about because we are starting to run out of time here oh my goodness um, <laughs> that I, I really want to talk about is the um murder corpse and snuff carcass no no what's that you don't when they were making fun of kilgrave's name murder corpse and snuff oh, yeah. carcass <laughs> the name kilgrave was pretty ridiculous but you know well originally it's from the comic originally the it comic. was k-i-l-l -L grave and they yeah. at least gave him a real human name and not purple skin so yeah and they took away the purple skin which was nice but they did hint at it a little with his purple jackets and his skin kind of got purple when at the end the serum yeah. the serum went into him Sorry. The other thing I want to talk about that I need, I feel like we need to talk about and compare is is male hero versus female hero. Right. Because this was uh, the sort of like counterpart to Daredevil in the sense that it wasn't just like another show, but it was also like we had a, a male superhero, here's our female superhero. And the main cast of Jessica Jones was all female for the most part, except for like Luke Cage and Will Simpson. And neither of those are main cast, so yeah. Neither of those are main cast. And then the Kilgrave was the, the villain bad guy. Right. Um, and I thought it was cool that they did a show that was very female centric. I thought it was great. But my uh, here's my issue with it is that in Daredevil, the male lead had a tiny had a bit of a love story with the nurse. 
right? But then they really quickly shot it down, you know? And Daredevil did not was not a romance story. Uh, the romance story than Daredevil they took and they put into the villain and gave Kingpin this sort of romantic story, yep. which softened his character and made his character really great. And they kept, left it out of Daredevil, uh, the Matt Murdock's character, and it made his, his storyline much better, I think, because of it. Um, and then they had a little weird, like, overly aggressive co-worker love story with Foggy and Weepy Eyes um, that yeah. I did not appreciate. Um, but the main character, the love story, was super, very insignificant in Daredevil. And then Jessica Jones, it's like every story she had with every character was like a love story. And I feel like they they put so much romance into that character and made her like the love story with Luke Cage and Kilgrave. His whole motive was that he was in love with her. And it was like all this sort of like lovey relationshipy stuff. And even like Will Simpson uh, and his relationship with uh, what's her name? The Trish. They made it a love story there. The lawyer was all in love stories. And they made it all like super love story focused. Um, and Daredevil was not love story focused, uh, except for in the villain story. And to me, I, I feel like that was like they took the cool, like one of the cool things they did with Jessica Jones, which was make it a female story and turn it into such a like like they stole it from me and made it into this like lovey story. So I would actually take it one step further and say that it's not uh, what what you're picking up on isn't the love element, but the sex element. The sex element I noticed right away, but I think the sex element was a much more superficial uh, sort of superficial um, outcome of this initial choice that they made in the story, where they made it all focused on relationships uh, that in an amorous way. But I do see what you mean. Yeah, the sex element was just like, why did they sexualize everything so much? you know, in Jessica Jones. Well, and actually, uh, the reason for that is because the Jessica Jones is, in the comics, sexual. Okay. The, the comics are, the sex happens in it. Um, sure. And, and it's much more of a focus than it is in almost any other comic. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think what you're seeing with the love is a justification for the sex. Does that make sense? Like the in the writing room, they're like, okay, we're going to try and keep this as kind of sexy and edgy as Jessica Jones in the comics. So how do we do that? Let's introduce these love stories. Oh, look, we're going to have this lesbian love story. Oh, look, we're going to have her and Luke Cage who have their own thing in the comics and, and all yeah. those sorts of things. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the justification. Yeah, but to me, it's like it it's, feels like a justification for having a female superhero. They were like, we can't just have a female superhero. We have to make it lovey, love, love. And I was like, what a, what a, it, it felt to me, it, it was the part where I was like, they took this thing that could have been like a liberal woman story and sexist did it. <laughs> Can I use sexist as a verb like that? Sure, that's fine. That's fine. And it was, and it was just like, oh, we can't have a woman uh, story without making it about her being in love with a man. That's how it felt to me. And I felt like that was, I was kind of like, uh, I guess about halfway through the series when I realized this, when I was watching it, I started to feel like offended by that aspect of the show, uh, that it was like a love story. Well, and I, I think, I think you're right. I think, I think that had, had there been just any one love story, that it would have been fine. But it's the fact that every, every character had this love story. 
Yeah. You know, and 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 so the entire thing feels more like they're going for this this drama instead of uh, telling a cool superhero story like they do with Daredevil. Right. Exactly. And they did it with Daredevil and they just made it a cool superhero story. And then with Jessica Jones, they made it a love relationship story. Like even I swear there was even a scene where her and Trish were talking about how Jessica needs to date boys. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, why? Why? Like, haven't we? Can't we move past this Marvel? Like please yeah and and i mean so i can see why they wanted to set up luke cage for the next one and because luke cage and jessica have this history they want to do that now but at the same time like if you didn't have that story and you just have the story of Kilgrave and let's say the story of uh jerry the lawyer i think i think those two and then you just have jessica jones as her own character i think that would have been fine yeah, I, I I agree. I think it, it was just there was too much in there. Yeah. Uh, whereas it, it's like, you know what? You can have each character can have a love story throughout the thing. But not all characters having all love stories all the time with all these different people. It's like uh, like every character's motivation can't be because they love the person. Uh, or because they are in a relationship with them, you know, like and that was what everyone's really uh, motivation was for doing just about everything. Yeah, as opposed to, I mean, in Daredevil, Foggy had the relationship, you're right, with that, that lawyer lady. But it was, that that wasn't plot. That was just, you know, a thing that was going on. That was a beeline. Yeah. And and it was... And the Kingpin, the Kingpin story was beeline. Yeah. You know, uh, and then the main story, not love. Yeah, and he had a beeline with the nurse as well. But they're all these, these beeline backdrops, whereas... With this, I mean, the main story of Jessica Jones is this very messed up, you know, uh, very rapey love story. And so yeah. when you surround it with other love stories, it, uh, yeah, I don't think it works very well. And I think that it's a detriment to your first female lead uh, superhero. Yeah. And, and you were, you are right to point to the comic book as being where it all started because the comic book it was sexy and the comic book was about Kilgrave being in love with Jessica Jones and they got married and stuff for a while and she did marry uh, Luke Cage. But I think that just goes to show how, how sexist the comic book was too. Yeah. And I think adapting it to the screen, if you're going to do something as awesome as changing a character from a man to a woman so that there's a more female cast in the show. Why not also do the awesome thing about taking out some of the like leftover 1990s sexist comic book stuff? Yeah. Well, and I mean, so this is the first, uh, I think, first Marvel character we've seen that's uh, lesbian as well. And what is she? She's a super sexed up lesbian, which is yeah. not to say that, that, <laughs> that there aren't lesbians who like to have sex. There totally are. But the like, really, that's what you do with your very first. And it's like, ah. Uh, yeah. The gender politics could be much better. The sex politics could be much better. Yeah, and I think that was that 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 was that that's that's all I just had. I had to bring that up because every scene in Daredevil, there there wasn't a single scene in Daredevil where we saw two women talking about a man. Right? Not a single one. And in Jessica Jones there are quite a few. Yeah. And that is what's the test called? What's that test? Uh, the uh Besh uh, Beshtol. Besh Besh We'll put a link in the doobly-doo. Yeah, the Bestall test. Yeah. Yeah, so I just had to get that out. Well, no. Because other than, like, that was just the thing that I think was also making me not enjoy Jessica Jones as much as Daredevil, was that I just kept seeing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, the one. Oh, oh go. Well, I was going to say, that being said, 
there's a lot to love in this series. It it is definitely better television than a lot of uh, a lot of what's out there right now, and and we are still in this golden age of Marvel. Yes, yeah, the golden age of Marvel is not over. It was still a, an enjoyable show to watch, um, in spite of its flaws. Yeah, and and it. I mean, there are very few few things out there that that have that kind of perfect feel to it. I mean, and and a lot of the Marvel movies don't hold up in a lot of ways because of that. But they're still great great films, and so they're still better than a lot of the stuff that's out there. Yeah, so I I fully advocate for this this yeah. series. Oh, and uh, you know what? We forgot about a character, and it's a character that ties both together. Is it the stupid twins? No, it's the nurse. Oh, right. We didn't Sorry. really talk about her because no. she was in Daredevil, but she was also in Jessica Jones. She crossed over. Yeah, she did. Yeah, and she kind of like kind of tied in the continuity of it and stuff with the whole, it's not my first super. So do you think she's going to cross over into Luke Cage as well? I do. Yeah, she yeah. must, yeah. right? Yeah, she, well, she, she's such a fun character, and they played her really well in this one. Just this nurse who had just gotten away from superheroes and was tired of dealing with their shit. And mm-hmm. accidentally stumbles into Luke Cage's life. Yeah, so I think she's going to keep stumbling throughout the Netflix universe. Yeah. The Netflix Marvel universe, <laughs> which is now its own new universe. Well, and I mean, we're we're wrapping up here, I think, but I want to say that it really looks like the Marvel TV shows are setting up the Marvel Civil War far better than the movies ever could or did or would. Yeah. Like they're really really building a world where superheroes and kind of superheroes aren't liked, you know? And mm-hmm. the great scene where the couple was trying to uh kill Jessica Jones. Yeah. Like in that like it was such a weird out of place scene except when you know what they're building towards in other uh other properties. And so it I, I it keep being excited at where Marvel is going to take this and and go with it after everything I watch with them. Yeah, it is true, and I am looking forward to seeing uh, how the Luke Cage series comes out and how the uh, I guess the Defenders all come together, right? Because uh, I think that's what the, this group is called. Yeah, uh, and I think it's going to be pretty cool. Like if we imagine how how great the Avengers worked out. The first Avengers movie, anyway. How great it worked out with not the best lead-ins. You know, like Iron Man was a great lead-in. Thor was not that great of a movie. The Incredible Hulks, both of them, didn't work out so well. Uh, And Captain America, the first Avenger, was decent, but not that great. Uh, But then managed to put together into the uh, the Avengers, which worked out to be really well. Uh, So with these two episodes, these two series as the lead-ins... Uh, so far, the Defenders is shaping up to be so much better than the Avengers could ever be. Uh, and I think this ties into what we talked about with origin stories a lot in that it's it always feels really forced when you do a movie that's just an origin story. But when you have 12 episodes to introduce a character, you can get away with a lot. You, you, it, it builds a lot nicer. I, I Yeah, I think that that's absolutely right. And I think that it shows the the real weakness of the origin story movie. Now, my question is, can they do an Avengers-like TV series? Are they I, think be- they to- I, I think they totally can. Well, it's, it's going to be really interesting because the, dividing the screen time and playing with all these characters, that's, it's going to be a struggle. And I, I think it'll be a fun struggle, but I, 
I think they will definitely be able to do it uh, much better than a movie could. And I think uh, with the, like right now we know Daredevil, we know Jessica Jones. We already kind of know Luke Cage and we're going to know him better after the show. And when they're all put together, it's going to be super fun to watch. And Netflix is the perfect place to do it. Uh, getting back to what we were talking about before, binge watching, right? This like, I can watch three or four episodes in a row and in those three or four episodes, see everyone's story progress, uh, no matter how many characters they end up throwing in there. Uh, as opposed to like, if it was a weekly viewing, it would be much more annoying. Because you'd watch one episode where it's all about Jessica Jones, and then you have to wait a week before you find out what's going on with Daredevil. You know, so I think the binge watching a Netflix nature plays really well into this too. This, I mean, as a complete non sequitur, reminds me a lot of my experience reading the Animorph books when I was a kid. Did you read the Animorphs? No. Okay. Well, to those <laughs> listeners who did, you know what I'm talking about. And to those who didn't, you don't know what he's talking about. Um, awesome, man. Well, I think this has been a pretty good uh, Jessica Jones versus Daredevil. So final thought, which one do you like better? Ah, uh, which one do I like better? I like Daredevil the hero. I think I liked Jessica Jones the series better. Mm. And I'm going to say I liked uh I liked Daredevil the hero better and I liked Kingpin the series better. <laughs> Sounds good. See you next week, man. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.